0: Hi everyone, it's Patty Corkery, and welcome to another episode of Credit Union's Coffee and Conversation. So great to have you with us. Um, Hopefully you're out there driving around somewhere in your car or taking a nice walk in this amazing Michigan summer that we're having as you listen in uh, to this recording. But great to be with you, and I hope to keep you captivated for the next half hour or so because I had a great conversation with the president and CEO of Vibe Credit Union, Alan McMorris. So um, a lot of you might have known Alan. He's certainly been really active in our credit union community for several years. He actually started working at our credit union in his mid 20s. So he has certainly been um, out and about in our industry for a long time. And it was phenomenal to sit down and get to know him better. And and learn the different ways that he has engaged, not only in Michigan, but nationally in the credit union movement. So just a little, a few fun facts about Vibe credit union. I am a member of Vibe, I had to add that in, but they are also um, over a billion dollars in assets. They serve around 73,800 members. They're headquartered in Novi and they have around 16 branches. So a lot going on at Vibe. There's phenomenal folks that work there and um and they have some pretty cool members too wink wink anyway please enjoy my conversation with alan and um i hope you love getting to know him better i know i sure did hey alan thank you so much for joining the podcast it's great to see
1: your face well patty thank you so much for having me this morning
0: Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. You know, I so enjoy just a lot of the folks I've had on, um, since we've been doing this, I don't know about a year now. Um, I've gotten to, you know, certain guests I know more than others. And for you, I, I think that we've just started to get to know each other more once I became League President because I reached out with your former involvement with the league. And um, so it's been great getting to know you better. So I'm excited to to dig in because I think there's a lot of people listening that would like to learn more about you, especially, you know, with your years in our movement and all of the things that you've seen over that time. Um, so I guess the best place to start, Alan, would be where I start with everybody, and that's to ask you to tell us your story.
1: Well, I, I'll, I I would be happy to get to that in a minute, but I do want to acknowledge the fact that uh, I, I am totally uh, impressed by your leadership of our league, and uh, I have really gotten to know you a little bit, and I know that Michigan Credit Union League is going to do great things under your leadership.
0: So <laughs> I appreciate I, that. I,
1: I have to start by saying uh, you, you're rocking it out and uh, appreciate everything you're doing.
0: Thanks. I guess maybe I should start off my first question to every guest should be, what do you like about me? <laughs>
1: well, I'm sure there'd be lots. I'm sure there'd <laughs> no, be no, lots. No. All <laughs> right. But, uh, thanks you know, for it's, inter- it, it's interesting because I have had a long journey. And uh, I've I've had so many opportunities and blessings in my career, Um, and uh, it started in 1974 when I became a member of Oakland County Employees Credit Union, and then uh, 11 years later I joined the staff, and uh, five years after that I was named president CEO. Mark, 1990 credit union was 35 million dollars in assets with one location and of course today we're approaching 1.2 billion and have 15 offices so it's been quite a fascinating journey and uh, uh, I've really enjoyed it. Um, I met my wife at a Michigan credit union league annual convention you did nearly 30 years ago and uh, her and my my son Tyler and and my daughter-in-law, Jessie, uh, are are certainly the balance of my life. And uh, their support has been critical in helping me be a leader to my team. And so I I certainly need to acknowledge them. Everybody kind of sees what I've done, but there's so many people behind the scenes that truly have made it possible. And that, of course, is my board of directors and uh, the, the great support I've had uh, here at the credit union with my team. I have people that have worked for me for over 33 years. It, it's, wow. it's unheard of actually. Uh, but
0: yeah, That's but it's crazy. been a lot of fun. That's awesome, Al. I have to mention that Vibe is, I, I belong to two credit unions, but you are my main um, credit union because yes. of your branch. I know, because of your branch, <laughs> it was actually Southeast Oakland community credit union back in the day and my dad worked there so he actually worked in that branch in its prior did he work for
1: john cassis
0: yes he did yes he yeah, did yeah. <laughs> so i, he was, I there. was ceo
1: and john was ceo i mean oh all those years
0: Crazy, yeah. so small world, but um, yeah. what a crazy career, and oh my gosh, I mean, I can't believe you started um, and at a credit union, and then five years later, you were running it, and $35 million, that's a decent asset size. It, I mean, it was. You know, that's yeah. not nothing.
1: Yeah, that, that was a very good size credit union. The first balance sheet I worked on, because I was hired as an accounting supervisor, was just under $21 million. so in yeah. five years, it's seen some really good, solid growth, yeah. but back our our capital ratio was just over five percent, and we were uh, high rated uh, credit union by the state. So it, yeah. It
0: so how old years. were you? How old were you, Alan, when you started as a president CEO? Thirty.
1: Thirty. Thirty years old, and I, I have to show you this, Patty. This is from July 6, ninety four, <laughs> announcing my. Election as chairman of the board for the Michigan Credit Union League.
0: Yes, yes. I think I was, um,
1: uh, at the time, 34, 35 years old.
0: Oh, so. So that's been
1: another part of my journey is my outside involvement.
0: Exactly, and I want to touch on that. But let me ask you this, just kind of getting to it. I mean, at 30 years old, you were running the place. Were you nervous? Were you like, I mean, to lead people at that age and, uh, how did you feel about leading an organization of that size um, at 30?
1: You know, that's a great question because I have reflected back what were, what was that board thinking of? <laughs> you know, it, it, And I honestly think they saw things in me that at the time I still didn't see in myself. And uh, they saw somebody who, who absolutely would do anything to help the credit union, because, you know, I've loved the credit union since I was a member. So any job that came I mean, I've been on the roof of every building. Uh, I've shown. <laughs> I mean, anything that it took uh, to make sure the credit was ready to go to serve the members, and so I think they saw somebody willing to roll up their sleeves. Um, I think it was a few years into it that I really realized uh, just the awesome responsibility that it truly is, and um, it probably took me a year or two to really grow into that and. Uh, It is 24 seven because you want to be there and make sure you're there for the credit union and and of course the team and the members. So um, it's been a lot of sleepless nights over the years. Uh, (laughs) uh, So rewarding. Uh, But I I, I think it was because I truly was willing to uh, learn and do everything I could to move credit union forward.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because, you know, there's, I think people are evolving beyond this mindset because sometimes, you know, back in the day, you know, the the stereotype was, oh, once you're president and CEO, you work half the time, you pe- put your feet up on the desk, you know. And I think now it's, as we have more access to leaders and leaders are sharing their story more and more, I think we're all learning, you know, that's when you probably start to work harder than you've ever worked. And a lot of us start out, with that title, like you said, in very much a learning mode, like, okay, uh, getting over that imposter syndrome and, and why am I here? And, and really starting, it's almost like a new start when you get to that level, you know, where it's a whole nother experience. And like you said, you're on 24 seven. And, and so how many years now have you been president and CEO?
1: Uh, just over 32. Ah. It's interesting that you say that about, um, you're on top of the world and yeah. you've you, you got everything. I, I remember distinctly leaving the office in the first year or two of being CEO, thinking, wow, I've made it. Yeah. I'm on top of the world. And as by the time I got to the stop sign to turn on the road, I thought, that's a very dangerous mindset because um, nobody should ever feel they're on top of everything. And there's always things to learn. And I'll tell you, there's more stuff going on right now. And uh, I'm excited uh, as I look at 60 days away from retirement and yeah. just all, all the new and uh, interesting opportunities and challenges that face our industry. So I, I had, I had it for maybe 15 seconds thinking, Oh, I have, I have the world by the tail, but in reality, uh, it stopped there and it, it's been a learning experience ever since.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So what are some of the new, you just reflected on on some of the new and exciting things or challenges facing the industry. What, why don't you flush some of those out? Like, what do you see what's kind of encouraging or inspiring and, and maybe you're kind of concerned about as we move forward as an industry?
1: Yeah, I actually, there's several things that uh, I, I think about that are going to have to be vetted out at some point, I believe Um the working remote and keeping yeah. your culture, and I, I think I hear a lot of people pretty confident about the approach they're taking, but I don't think we've really got to the end game of what that looks like. I know here at Vibe we do a hybrid. Um, it seems to be a, a good mix. The employees are, are helpful and happy about it. Um, I've also tried to deploy office location to home strategy. So if an employee wants to work in an office closer to their home, we try to accommodate that. Um, you know, gas prices are so high. So anything we can do for the staff. But I think the longer term effect on culture uh, still needs to be, uh, in my opinion, got to keep the eye on that because culture to me has really been the success factor at by of that, that positive culture in serving the members. So uh, I think that'll be a challenge. Um, I don't view this as a challenge as much as an opportunity DE&I. You know, how do we in a, our industry uh, make sure that we are inclusive to everybody? Um, I have formed an advisory committee who are guiding me on, on our approach uh, on this. Uh, we have ramped it up. Uh, they've been extraordinarily helpful, but we got to make sure everybody has that same comfort level in the building, uh, in their workspace, uh, so that everybody is an equal part of the family. So we're working real hard on that. Um, I think in the future, uh, we need to look at our our governance structure of credit mends, particularly as they get bigger. Uh, the... You know, Vibe is a much more complicated business than what it was even two years ago, and it's only going to increase, uh, and we have to make sure that the the leadership in the boardroom keeps up with these challenges because they need to be an integral part of the balance between the CEO and the members, and so that needs to be looked at as well. So there's some challenges for sure. But we have really, really smart people that will figure it out I know that. Yeah,
0: I agree. So when you say the governance structure, are you kind of alluding to potentially moving in the direction of board compensation or, or something else?
1: Yeah, I, I, I have felt for a long time that uh, there should be seriously a, a board compensation model. Uh, but I think that has to also be tied into educational standards, Right. Board to make sure that uh, they are getting the uh, training and development that's necessary to to make proper decisions uh, yeah. at the board level. Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, I just in my own experience of sitting on boards, you know, um, which is relatively new for me over the last couple of years, and I, I don't have a financial background, you know, I come as a lawyer and I see the financials from different companies and it's been a, a learning um, curve for me, Um mm-hmm and motivated me to, you know, go back to school and get some more education on, on financial components of running a business, running a QSO, um, you know, and credit union financials. And I can only imagine, you know, being on the board, a volunteer board, you know, a vibe, you know, where you're pushing, you know, well over a billion in assets. Um, you know, that's, that's a lot, uh, for somebody who, you know, um, isn't in the either financial field or you know really have an understanding of of that, not to mention just the employees that you have the branches and all of those things that you know um you know it, it's as credit unions get more and more sophisticated it just you know we have to have the governance evolve i i agree um
1: no it's interesting patty um a lot of volunteers have taken it upon themselves to uh to become educated, we have a lot of folks that have been to the CUNA Volunteer Leadership Institute. Right, um, but back in the late '80s, when I went to CUNA Management School, uh, there was a gentleman from what was—it's uh, now ViStar, but back then it's called Jack's Navy Credit Union—and and, and he was—he was in his early '70s on the board, and he went to CUNA Management School. That was—that oh, right. was the dedication that he had trying to learn what credit and management had to do. Yeah.
0: Figure. Absolutely. And I've seen that just in <laughs> interacting with board members, you know, for for the several years that I've done so, it's they are so inspiring. And you know, whether or not they had a compensation opportunity or not, I mean, they're just high quality people and and they really care, you know, about credit union and their members and it's it's a great group of folks um for sure and something special about them absolutely it's a lot it's a huge time commitment as we know um
1: absolutely
0: so what you know you kind of touched on it a bit um any um other challenges that you see facing our industry you know when you think about um i talked to credit unions about fintechs and you know really making sure that as an industry you know we can continue to evolve um what what sort of challenges do you see in the tech space and opportunities for credit unions?
1: Well, that, that that is wide open. I mean, there's so much opportunity. But one of the things I also think is you need to have a baseline with your board of directors on what kind of risk appetite they're willing to support uh, the credit union investing, perhaps, in fintechs and their risk if something goes south. There's nothing nothing is guaranteed. But I do believe credit unions need to have that investment. They need to be part of that, Uh, I don't know if it's cutting edge or leading edge technology necessary to serve all members. Because as you know, the membership has a variety of needs. Here at Vibe, we want to be wherever they want us to be in serving them, whether it's in a branch or it's remote. Um, But I, I do believe that you're going to have a lot of opportunity in fintech with that opportunity. You're also going to have a lot of cybersecurity and, and, and all the risks that go along with uh, that space and, and credit unions need to make sure they're investing in that because that, that involves reputation.
0: Right. So just moving on to, um, to branches, because I think you I'm pretty sure it's vibe Ellen that has a pretty small branch footprint in downtown royal oak you know so yeah i I walk by it's right by where my hair salon is so i see it well that's important that's
1: important
0: (laughs) i know um so what how do you see traditional branches evolving it seems like at vibe you're certainly open to kind of those micro branches you know do you see that's the way of the future or just having some of those what are your thoughts
1: well, it's interesting. When I got here at Vibe, there, there was uh, the E branches, is what they were called. They were part of the Legacy uh, Vibe, uh, uh, not Legacy Oakland. And so we've learned a lot. And what we found is, as cool as they are, members want some traditional, traditional services coming out of those. We we couldn't originally we couldn't cut in a, a, a corporate check. Well, now we have that in there because. Members still, when they walk in, they've made a decision that they want to be able to do whatever they want and need at that branch. So right. ramp them up a little bit, uh, but they're doing great work. Um, and it is a smaller footprint. Uh, so another thing we're trying to do is automate some of our branch processes. By uh, You can go online and make an appointment uh, to, to, to expedite. The time a member has to wait in the lobby to have service. But We find members even today, seventy-five percent of our member, new members are uh, in the branches because they want to start out with that personal touch.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and that's such an opportunity too when you see them face to face. You know, to talk about other products and services that you just don't, you can't really capture that as easily when they're just online. You know, it, it's it's a bit harder it would seem.
1: You know, uh, part of our model, too, is uh, performance-based and sales and service. And that one-on-one gives us an opportunity. Uh, we, we try not to serve the members with our head down looking at a keyboard, but looking at the member and addressing their concerns. So we have centralized underwriting, but then the the staff and the branch can talk to the member uh, and counsel them on all the different products and services that Vibe has.
0: Yeah, well, it seems like you're you're glad that they're there in the lobby because I've heard from some of your team that you're known for walking through the lobby and talking to members, giving them tours. I've even heard that you um, opened your wallet and opened up an account for a young child <laughs> to have them join Vibe. Um, what what do you get out of that, Alan? Is it something you do regularly and um, and why? Well.
1: You know, I, I, I'm a little shy about talking about the generosity part, but yeah, I have opened up a lot of uh, youth accounts over my tenure. Um, and I'm always drawn back into the branches because that's quite frankly where I started my journey. In fact, I, I remember one time I was in the lobby uh, at, at uh, our county campus office. And it was around Christmas, and I think I was out there for an hour or so. I, I was seeing one member after another that I knew. Finally, I said, guys, you're going to fire me if I don't get back." to work. <laughs> but um, I, I, it, it renews my soul and why I'm here and what my mission is. And, um, it, and it, it really, it's it, it's like having an energy drink or something. It just makes me want to do more. And uh, the work is, is fun, but you know, I me sitting in my office all day is probably just never going to happen. Uh, I, yeah. I I like to interact with my staff, and I really do like going to the branches. I've been also known to give tiger tickets out, shirts. Sure. <laughs> you know, we, it's 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 a fun part of the job, in my opinion. So.
0: Let me know when you're coming back out to the Berkeley branch maybe I'll be lingering in the lobby waiting for something.
1: <laughs> you know, you don't have to linger I'll I'll, uh, I'll see you back, <laughs> no problem. <laughs> so. oh,
0: that's awesome. Though. I mean I can see that to me is um is such a great quality Ellen because you know that connection you know, you don't get that, you know, sitting in your office. it's it's And it's such a great reminder, you know, of of why you're there and, and the difference that you can make in somebody's life, you know, when they come in and, and you hear their stories, you know, one-on-one about, you know, what they need from the credit union. So what, can you flesh out, you know, what do you think is important when it comes to financial literacy, you know, really lifting people up in the community, you know, is, is that a passion of yours, and,
1: and how do you flush that out at, at VIBE? Well, uh, it's interesting you bring up financial literacy. Uh, I was just talking about this um, yesterday. Uh, uh, we are going to uh, actually uh, be purchasing, purchasing here at VIBE a software uh, package to help schools uh, in their efforts to do financial education. I'm glad the governor signed that bill. Uh, I will tell you that in the in the '90s, when I was on the MCL board, I was on a task force uh, committee through CUNA, and we actually drafted a model bill that states could enact that would require financial education of three credits to graduate. Wow. Graduate. And that was, uh, I mean, that was all those years, nearly 30 years ago. Things
0: take a long time. <laughs>
1: yeah. it, it, does, it does. Yeah, you guys have a lot to do to get something yeah. but yeah. The bottom line is, and I've told people this for, for years, you know, we, you can spend all those years educating a person on how to get a job, and we don't spend 10 minutes telling them how to handle their first paycheck. Right. And that, to me, is just terrible, because we see the ODP fees and the NSF fees, and in the higher interest rates charge because of credit scores. And I think we can do better than that at the front of the, the process and not have them suffer at the end of the process. And I think that is done by financial education.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, Alan, kind of switching gears again, I mean, just in kind of preparing to, to sit down and talk to you, I mean, not only – you know, do you have your years at the credit union? You already mentioned, you know, being on the MCUL board and and serving as, as the chair of our trade association. And I know you did the same thing on the CUNA board, you know, you worked up, through the ranks at CUNA to become chair. I know your role at the National Credit Union Foundation, which you know you've committed, you know, countless hours to. You know what? What kind of drives that passion to get outside of the vibe bubble, the Michigan credit union bubble, and to be more national? What drives you to? What drove you to do that?
1: Well, I, I've had some uh, amazing colleagues and mentors over my career. Uh, and a couple of them have actually pushed me. Uh, Paul Fredenberg and Diana Nash served with me as table officers on the MCUL board. Uh, I got a call from them one day, and uh, they said, uh, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm sitting at my desk working. at." The- <laughs> they said, well, you need to do more than that. Uh, you know, we want you to run for a CUNA board seat. I said, I don't know. I said, you know, I did the MCUL. Well. Well, they didn't give up. They called me again and I agreed to do it. But if I was going to do it, I was going to do it 110%. So I campaigned. It was a three-way race. And, uh, uh, um, and I felt like anytime I was going to be on a board, I wanted to try to do the best I could at that governance table, uh, for the organization I was representing. And, uh, I, I think, again, it just goes back to shoveling snow at the credit union. I, I had directors that saw that, you know, I came prepared because uh, I'd actually read the board packet and right. uh, participated. And I was asked to um, eventually be chairman. By the way, uh, I've also had the honor of being chairman of the co-op financial services board too. And so um I I just felt like I wanted to be involved. And then that involvement in turn brought back lots of knowledge and information that helped me in running the credit union. And I had a board of directors who supported that. They knew the value of being uh, out with my peers. And I had a remarkable team that uh, was helping running the credit union in my absence. So you don't do it alone. You don't do it alone. Uh, I definitely felt like I gave it the best effort I could
0: that's great. And I, I agree a hundred percent. And that's something that I've really enjoyed in my role just over the last year is getting, I was kind of in a Michigan bubble for so long, which is great. We have such a great credit union community here, but as you network with folks around the country, I mean, you learn so much, you know, what are other leagues doing? What are other credit unions doing? Um, And um, it's great. You can steal their ideas and bring them home. And (laughs) in our industry, people don't care if you steal their ideas, you know, Mm-hmm. You know they want you to you know be successful um in my experience. So I think that that's great that for so many years, you were able to network with those people and and that your board appreciated the value of that. And I think sometimes that's something I'm trying to, you know, beat the drum on here in Michigan. I know, especially with like staffing shortages and people <laughs> having challenges at their credit union to let their people get out and about, right? That's something you hear all the time. Like they can't, we can't get them to conferences because we need them back here. And, and you just, it's a battle you got to keep fighting as my, uh, my direction to folks that really want to get out there and network is you've got to you know, really convince your, your boss, your, your, your leader that, you know, it's so important to get out there and network with your, um, you know, people that either do what you do at another credit union or, you know, do something different. It's, it's so crucial and rewarding, I think.
1: Yeah, uh, You know, it's interesting uh, when you're on the CUNA executive committee, you spend time with the actual group, which is yeah. your, your group. Yeah. And so, know some of the people that you're hanging out with and they're fabulous and they're brilliant and um, yeah, you're going to pick something up. There's just no doubt about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. So what about outside of the credit union space? I know um, I, I read somewhere about your activism um, with pancreatic cancer um, is, is kind of a passion, a fundraiser for you all, if you want to talk about that and anything else that you do, um, Alan, in the community that's kind of outside the credit union space, but more community focused.
1: Yeah. Pancreatic cancer is a very uh, uh, deadly cancer. All cancers are bad, but the survival rate of pancreatic cancer is somewhere around 10, 11%. It, It doesn't always get the attention, but some, I lost somebody very, two people very close to me to that disease. And then when I started talking to some of my staff, they had lost folks and It just felt like it was right for us to get behind this. And and we're actually the number one fundraiser uh, for pancreatic cancer research in Michigan. Great. On a personal level, I am a cancer survivor. And um, you hear that diagnosis, uh, nobody ever forgets where they were when they heard it or the feeling you have. Uh, we, We share looking at chart results from tests. Uh, so there's some common uh, journey that all cancer uh, patients and survivors go through. And uh, it's, it's, it's critically important that we do our part to try to beat this disease, whether it's breast cancer, or prostate cancer, or pancreatic cancer, any other cancers, uh, You know, it's a fight worth fighting. And so we, we've gotten very involved in that for sure.
0: That's great. Well, um, my grandmother passed away from pancreatic cancer in her 50s, so I never got to know her. And it is one of those really fast-acting ones. Um, So that's great that you do that. Um, Anything else, Alan, in the community that you do kind of outside the credit union bubble? I thought I read somewhere on the educational side you were involved either in Oakland County or something like that.
1: Yeah, I have served on the Oakland County, uh, Oakland Schools Intermediate uh, School uh, Board foundation. And that's, again, promoting financial education. Uh, We, you know, the schools really have a tough, tough journey. Uh, There's always a shortage of resources. Uh, There's a lot of kids, uh, not just in Oakland County, but across Michigan that uh, go to school hungry, um, they, they don't have all the, the tools they need at home and you have teachers and education trying to fill these gaps. And, um, and, and so giving back in that area has been especially rewarding. And then I, I love foundation foundation work. And, uh, so anytime I could be involved in that, I, I've tried to try to participate. That's great. Just a lot of my efforts. Uh, through Vibe, um, we we are always looking at ways to increase our funding to support the communities that we're in. So we're all over the place, and whether it's a parade I'm marching in or uh, or at the Salvation Army, uh, it's it's all very very rewarding because yeah. you know you've been blessed. Uh, part of that is giving back, and I I I, I really believe that, uh, giving back is part of my calling.
0: Yeah, that's so cool.
1: That's awesome, Alan.
0: Um, so what, you know, as I mentioned earlier, um, before we started recording, um, you know, we have a lot of young professionals that listen to the podcast, which is exciting to me that we have really two amazing um, YP groups in Michigan that are very active, Um, our fuel group and our 906 hype group in the UP. And I've met with uh, folks that are part of both of those groups, and they're just so dynamic. And one of the things that I love about those folks is that it shows the commitment of their credit unions to let them, you know, become part of these groups, give them time to um, network and socialize with other YPs around the state. So showing that commitment that we were just talking about earlier um, is really, um, I'm really proud um, of those credit unions that do that. But what sort of advice I know you encounter, you know, so many YPs and in your role, um, as you've seen people over the years developing and excelling, and maybe that means even Leaving vibe to go run their own credit union, or yeah. you know, work work at a, another credit union around the country. What what sort of advice, Alan, do you have to up and coming young professionals in our industry?
1: Well, it never stop learning, uh, it, it, and and you can learn uh, not just through formal education, but by the networks that you create. And the organizations you just mentioned are a foundation for that interaction and that learning. Uh, you mentioned it earlier with ACU. I, I can tell you, I've learned every board I've been involved with, you, you learn something. And so stay engaged, stay involved. Uh, and, um, and if it's formal education, uh, don't stop there either. I, again, I remember a phone call uh, from a colleague of mine and uh, uh, wanting to know if I was going to go get my master's degree. And I said, well, uh, I, I'm CEO, i, I you know, happy, why do I need to go get a master's? Well, you need to go to get a master's degree. And I went to Walsh College and I graduated with both the president and dean's list. They, in fact, they asked me to stay on as an adjunct professor, but I was kind of done <laughs> working two jobs. But uh, I never regretted that because I, I met great folks there and I learned so much that I think helped me become a better leader. And, and so, I would absolutely encourage people to never stop learning, never stop asking those questions, and don't be afraid of risk. Uh, you know, don't be afraid of getting out of your comfort zone. Every new group of employees that come to the credit union, I mention our tuition reimbursement, and I and I tell them to learn every single thing they can, not just in your own job but any job. Don't be afraid to go. And go to another department, learn another skill set if they want to. And so just be open to that knowledge uh, and and of getting it and using it to move yourself ahead.
0: Yeah, that's great. Great advice. Um, Love it. Okay, so getting close to the end of our, our chat. Alan, but i i wanted to talk about you know just over your years in the industry you know we we certainly talked about some things that uh motivate you and excite you as as a leader but what what have been some of the lows what have been some of the challenges that you've seen you know running an organization for as long as you have but what are some things that stand out as you reflect back over your career that man that was just really hard
1: <laughs> yeah and, and i have had a few i, yeah. I certainly have um Uh, tragedy that sometimes uh, hits a a, a fellow teammate, uh, a family issue, Um, the challenges of life, quite frankly. Uh, I I, I actually had an employee pass away in my arms (sighs) at the worst day of my my career. Um, You never know when that's going to hit. And then you have the the economic stresses that happened. Uh, the great recession was quite challenging. Uh, but I will end my career never having. Off. I'm very proud of that.
0: Never having what Alan you cut out for a second,
1: uh, laid anybody off. Okay. Never, nobody's ever missed a paycheck. Nobody's ever been laid off. And, uh, but it takes working together to get through those tough times. And, uh, I think we, it actually brought us closer. COVID certainly changed the world. And um, I was glad I was here because it took all that knowledge and experience to try to, to to weave through a maze of uncharted water. And I have to say, I had a group of great credit union colleagues that we had text thread and we were texting every day. How do? What are you doing here? How, how are you doing this? And so the cooperative spirit came back. tenfold during that time, and in some ways, I think it was one of our shining moments. Uh, so it, the bad times don't last forever. It uh, makes you when you have the good times, it makes you appreciate them even more. Uh, um, try not to get get down. Uh, uh, I. I I would say, you know, some days they're diamonds and some days are stone. Just make sure <laughs> stones are as small and as few as possible. Yeah. Looking forward. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. It's funny because I know I've talked to some CEOs who probably half ingest, half half truth, right? Saying, oh my gosh, I had a window of retiring before COVID. I wish I had taken it Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it was so challenging. And, and I know that's tongue in cheek for a lot of them, but maybe a little bit of, of seriousness as part of that. And so it's, it's great to hear your perspective of, you know, you were glad you were there because 100%, I mean, to have that experience to really lead the way through that challenge um, was important. And I think, you know, I'm sure the team members in the community at VIBE benefited from, you know, all the years that you've had um, to lead them through something so, so crazy. Okay.
1: Pat, and, Patty, we, Patty, we actually asked the employees in our employee satisfaction survey, how did we do? And, and, and we got like a 4.7 out of five. That's great. With all that confusion of the decision-making and are you doing it right or you're not doing <laughs> it, the employees at the end of the day said we did a pretty good job. And that that's, that's your satisfaction.
0: That's yeah. your day. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. And I love what you said too, about bringing back the cooperative spirit, because, you know, as credit unions have gotten larger, more and more branches, you know, somebody building a branch across the street from another credit unions branch. And there's certainly an element, you know, as we all know of competition um, in our credit union space, there's only so many members and uh, the market's getting tighter and tighter, but I agree. It was really um, a positive of COVID to see that cooperative spirit come back, and whether it be CEOs on text change, which I know was happening, you know, at all hours of the day with with different groups, but also, you know, the industry calls that we hold once a month. I mean, we've kept those going because I think people remembered or were reminded how awesome it is to be collaborative, and and it doesn't have to be a pandemic that brings us together to kind of talk through. There's a lot of challenging issues, and you mentioned some of them, mm-hmm. you know, DEI and, and how we strive for diversity and inclusion and um, the technology landscape, the fintechs. I mean, there's lots of things as an industry that um, create space for collaboration. And I've been really thrilled to see that continue past COVID with folks joining that call and, and really sharing their ideas and stories. It's been something really cool to watch. Yeah
1: yeah, yeah. I, I think we we grew during that period I absolutely yeah do.
0: absolutely. so all right you mentioned it yourself you have you know just a couple months left um, in your in your chair there um what you know as you look forward I mean what what's next what are you, what are you gonna do next Alan?
1: Well, I'm gonna keep a promise to my wife Sandy and I'm not going to go to work for a year okay. Uh, So, uh, you know, they've given up. uh, And when I say they, I mean, my son and daughter-in-law, you know, we, we enjoy our family. And uh, so I'm going to do some of that. Uh, Definitely going to do some road trips. Uh, I'd love to see every presidential library in the country. I've seen uh, two and they're very cool. So I'd like to, I'd like to do that. Um, you know, there's just, uh, we have an amazing country and there's more of it. I want to see there might be travel outside, but it will be probably more focused on the United States. Um, I want to do something, um, philanthropic. I've been very blessed in my, uh, life. Um, I, 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 a little bit of a saver. Uh, so, um, <laughs> I I, I think uh, it'd be nice to try to give back Um, that that might be in the area of uh, helping patients go for treatment, cancer patients, or serving on a foundation board. Uh, So I think I have more to give back. Um, I like talking to folks uh, uh, on HR management issues as far as uh, keeping yourself focused. I, I was told recently by one of my staff that I'm a servant uh, manager. I go, well, what, what does that mean? Yeah, yeah. I've been cool for a while that your focus is taking care of the employees. Absolutely. Yeah. They're calling it today, that's what I am. Because if taking care of them is done as great as I can do it, they're going to take great care of the members. So there's some real simple guidelines, I feel, that uh, I wouldn't mind sharing along the way uh, it's certainly been successful for me.
0: Yeah, that's great. And so you're, I know some people listening might know where you're heading, but, uh, your future home, which has been a little bit of a partial home for you, um, is Arizona. So where, yeah. where in Arizona are you landing?
1: Yeah, we're, we're, uh, Northeast of uh, downtown Phoenix, uh, in a, a small town called Rio Verde. It's very close to North Scottsdale. Um, and so our home is all set there and, uh, uh, I have a golf cart. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I, I, I know I'll be doing a little bit of that. Um, probably living a healthier lifestyle. To be perfectly honest, there's uh, uh, you know yoga classes and all sorts of things that I can do. So I'm looking forward to doing that. Um, I do a lot more walking out there and hiking, and just just uh, appreciating every single day you get. Yeah. So, I'm looking forward to that, for sure. Well,
0: that's, that's amazing. All right. Well, I'm going to wrap up with some questions at the end that I ask all guests, because I think they're fun and a way for us to get to know you a little bit better. Um, so first off, what is on your nightstand at home? Uh,
1: the, the alarm clock, so I'm going to yeah. get rid of that. Um, you <laughs> know, I, uh, I, I get thirsty at night, so I, I have water on my yeah. nightstand. And, uh, you know, because it seems like I'm always waking up to, to drink water, but, you know, usually sometimes a, a magazine or a book just to read something or do something other than uh, credit and stuff. Yeah. You know, trying right. to keep that balance. So, yeah.
0: That's cool. All right. Sounds similar to my nightstand. Um, so what is something that people get wrong about you, Alan?
1: You know, I, I think I I I've always tried to approach everything with a smile, and, and, and I tr- I've tried to be kind and respectful. Um, and they, and, and sometimes people mistake that for weakness, and uh, that that that's not what that represents. Uh, I, I have a strong center and a strong uh, balance of leadership and, and honesty and integrity and. You know, but I'm probably not going to be pushed around if it's not something that is uh, positive for our members, our my team. Uh, so I sometimes think I've been under underestimated a little bit. Okay,
0: good. That might be a good poker face for you.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I do I do play cards on Thursday nights. So. <laughs> awesome.
0: All right. So if you could have coffee with anyone, who would it be and why?
1: Dolly Parton.
0: Hallie Parton, why Dolly?
1: I find Dolly fascinating. You know, when you look at a, a great American story of rags to riches, yeah. And I don't just mean financial, but I mean she's she is one of the wealthiest entertainers in the world, and she she's written thousands of songs. Uh, we know a few, but we don't know all of the ones that she's written. Um, her philanthropic approach. Yeah. She's given millions of dollars away uh, for financial education with her, her, her library books. Um, there's just so many different facets of her life that I think reflect the goodness that we all can, can be. Uh, during COVID, she gave a million dollars for the research.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And she's 76 years old. She's still working as hard as anybody but she's also giving back. And uh, so I, I just have a great deal of respect for her as yeah. an individual and humanitarian.
0: Absolutely. I listened to a podcast that she was on, she was interviewed and I, I know her father, you know, was never learned to read. And so mm-hmm. she yes. said one of the things that her father was most proud of her for was this library book initiative of, of getting those books to poor kids to help with literacy and um and for a while he saw you know he lived long enough to see that happen and and her do that and she said it was just a huge you know as much success as she's had you know as an actress or as a performer as a songwriter you know that hit home, you know, that literacy effort, um, you know, just from the, the mountain girl that she was mm-hmm. to, yeah. I just saw something viral on, I don't know, some social media site where these diners were sitting there having, you know, breakfast and you saw the camera and you saw a couple security guards come in and then in comes Dolly and she's just yeah. walking. Good morning, good morning. She's saying hi to everybody. She walks through, I'm yeah. like, why can't they be me sitting there having my coffee and look over and yeah. seeing Dolly Parton yeah. walk by. But, um, so that, that would be cool um that would be great um she is uh, an amazing um soul for sure um well you alluded to getting to the presidential library so that might be the answer to this but what is a bucket list travel destination for you
1: yeah it it, it is the the presidential libraries um uh, i did visit the one for george w bush and you know as a lot of people know he's become an artist so they, there's a whole gallery oh. of his paintings and I just found it fascinating. And of course, each of these have a piece of the history that occurred under their watch. And of course, there was a lot of 9-11 information. Um, Gerald Ford Museum has a ladder in it where they escaped from the Vietnamese embassy, RRC in Vietnam. So there's just parts of history, I, I think you know, uh, the future is, is is very bright, but you always have to remember history and learn from it. And so I, I, I think that that would be something I would like to do.
0: Yeah, I have not been to one. And I think, I know my brother has gone to some, um, the one here in Michigan for Ford. And then um, his is here, right? Isn't that the one in yeah, Grand Rapids? Yeah, yeah, it's right
1: across from the Amway Grand.
0: I know, how have I not been there? Maybe I'll have to go to our annual convention a day early next time it's in Grand Rapids. and yeah. <laughs> Check it out. Yeah. Um, so, all right, well, I hope you make that. I hope you make that um, bucket list happen. Um, and then finally, um, Alan, what what is um, one quality or trait that every leader should strive for?
1: Uh, treat the person in front of you like you want to be treated. Yeah. Kind of uh, cool girl. Honesty, transparency, but respect. And uh, if you have their personal interest at heart, they will do anything in the world to to uh, do their job correctly. Um, I, I I love each and every one of my employees. And it's the one thing I will miss the most is yeah. the great team I get to work with.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm sure the feeling's mutual, Ellen. And, you know, I, I know we have a, a couple more months with you, but that'll go by fast. And so um, I just want to thank you for um, sharing your time, not just with me today, but the times that we've met up for lunch or a drink. It's been great getting to know you and, and learn more about you. And, you're, and we've seen, a, there's a lot of folks leaving and retiring in Michigan, you know, over the last couple of years, some of the folks that I've networked and engaged with for a couple of decades now and it's it's you know it's it's sad because of course you know um you'll be missed and at the same time it's exciting to see new people come in and starting their journeys or continuing on and um and and so it's a you know it's it's hard but exciting at the same time and I just want to thank you on behalf of the league, Alan, for your years of of commitment not only to the credit union industry but to our association um, and and the expertise and the guidance that you provided us along the way as well as you know the CUNA board I'm sure um, benefited from you and. Um, and learn from you as well. So thank you for being such a, a shining star here in our Michigan industry, and and you'll definitely be missed.
1: Well, Patty, that, that, that's, those words are very, very kind, and I, and I take them to heart. Um, you know, I, I I got to work with Dave for uh, part of my tenure with CUNA, mm-hmm. and got to spend time with him, and I enjoyed that. Um, I I wish I had more time with you, quite honestly.
0: (laughs) You know, me too. enjoyed
1: our time. Uh, But I I wish you and the Michigan Credit Union League and all of our members and professionals across Michigan the absolute best in the future because Michigan has an amazing credit union history. And uh, we have great credit unions and we have great members being served. And uh, the future is very bright in Michigan for Michigan credit unions.
0: All right, good. Well, thanks, Alan. And we'll, um, you know, I'm not going to forget. I'll try and snag you for a CUNA GAC down the road so you can come back. To, you know, and you it doesn't if you have a year of not working, that's that you can bring bring your lovely yeah. wife out, come to D.C. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks for joining me on the podcast, Alan, and um, I'm sure I'll be seeing you before you before you head out, but um, uh, thanks so much for your time um, chatting, and I'm sure our listeners will enjoy hearing um, everything you had to say, so thanks for being here.
1: You're, you're very welcome, and thanks for having me, Patty. Have a great day.
0: Okay, thanks, Alan. You too wasn't that a great conversation? I learned so many new things about Alan that I did not know. Um, It was phenomenal to hear his advice to young professionals, which, you know, we've heard this from a lot of our executives. So I hope our YPs out there are taking this to heart. And that is to never stop learning. Sometimes you think that, oh, you've got your degree or you've had your job for a long time. You've been there, done that, and you kind of know it. But as Alan says, you know, it's so important to continue on in your education, whether it be at school or on the job, and even when you become president and CEO, it's a whole new level of continued education and learning, which was a great point that Alan drove home. Great to hear about his commitment um, to the credit union movement, um, his role with the Michigan Credit Union Leagues, rising to the level of the MCUL board chair, his years of engagement with our trade association, and also with CUNA, our national association um rising all the way um to chair men of the board there so clearly a lot of commitment um uh, to this industry from alan and not only that but even outside of our industry he finds time to um, rally his team behind um, raising funds for pancreatic cancer his role in oakland county with education and financial literacy just a lot of a lot of nuggets that alan shares um and not only that he gets to some of the low points some of the the hard times um the great recession certainly covid and the tragedy of losing his team member. Um, Alan had told me more about that. Um, I guess they were out at a credit union party and um, on the dance floor, his team member just collapsed. And what a tragic thing to happen that he had to um, live through. And I know from personal experience, when you lose a team member like that, um, it's a challenge for sure. And it's something that will stick out in your career. But you know, um, I love to hear that Alan goes through his lobby with a bunch of cash apparently (laughs) to give out and start up accounts for young members and um, talk to some of his strongly members and really take an interest one-on-one in their life. And, And that was really amazing to hear. So I hope you enjoyed getting to know Alan. And I really hope one day I walk into a diner and I look over and I see Alan sitting there having coffee with Dolly Parton because I will for sure walk over, introduce myself and sit down because that would be fabulous. Um, Alan, thank you so much for joining me and for allowing me to get to know you better. Thank you for your commitment, not only to our Michigan credit union industry, but also to the national credit union movement. We really appreciate you. I hope you get to all of those presidential libraries and enjoy your retirement and all the time you're going to have with your lovely wife. So thanks again, Alan. And thanks to all the listeners out there. If you haven't followed the podcast, please be sure to do that. So you'll get a notification when our next episode drops. I hope you're enjoying this beautiful summer and I hope to see you soon friends. Take
1: care.